Hacks is back for season three, and so is the official Hacks podcast. In each episode, Hacks creators Lucia Agnello, Paul W. Downs, and Jen Statsky speak with cast and crew members to unpack the Emmy-winning comedy series. You'll hear Hannah Einbinder and Gene Smart speak to their on-screen dynamic, along with stories from the show's writer's room, on-set antics, and creating the world that Deborah and Ava inhabit. Watch Hacks, streaming exclusively on Max, and listen to the official Hacks podcast on Max or wherever you get your podcasts. Whether it's her first Mother's Day or her 40th, she deserves more. Shop tons of stunning on-trend jewelry for every budget at Diamonds Direct. Diamond fashion jewelry, beautiful birthstones, everyday pearls, starting at just $200. Commemorate the real loves of her life with a gorgeous pendant featuring the birthstone of the one who made her mom. This Mother's Day, Diamonds Direct has everything you need to say thank you. Diamonds Direct. Your love, our passion. Online at DiamondsDirect.com. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with a king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. Hi, I'm Vanessa Bayer, and this is my brother, Jonah. We're two siblings who love to talk about our childhood and nostalgia and how it shaped us into the people we are today. Who will be excited about today's guest till after Tuesday, if I do say so myself. Welcome to How Did We Get Weird. Jonah, I know we're really excited to have our guest today, and this is not the first time that she has participated in one of our endeavors, one of our sibling endeavors. If you'll recall, we used to have a web series called Sound Advice, and our guest today came on one time, and do you want to... So Vanessa's alluding to this sort of panic attack I had, <laughs> which she finds to be so funny. Yeah, so we had this web series and we would have, when do you think this was? Like 10 years ago? Less. Probably about 10 years ago. Probably yeah, about I 10 guess years so. ago. And so we get all these kind of big artists we really admired on it. You know, we had on like Nora Jones and Slater Kinney and Drake and all of these incredible musicians. And Vanessa played this media coach, Janessa Slater. And she would kind of give this condescending advice to... So we basically were kind of like almost writing these like roasts. Yes. But of musicians like we were fans of. Yes. And I remember Amy was in this band with Ted Leo called The Both. And they had just kind of put out a record and we got them to do it. And we were so excited. And it's kind of like a, a weird process because you're writing these kind of insults and you're kind of, you know, trying to be funny. And then I felt like we didn't really know Amy and Ted. So then they showed up and I was like... We can't do this to their face. Well, like I, I was, I was like horrified, and I was like, you know, obviously a fan of Amy's, and I was like, fan of Ted Leo the pharmacist, and like, you know, they've done all these incredible projects, and I was like, we can't do this. Like I was like, and I actually had to leave. 
I was like, yes. Vanessa, I got to go. Well, and I just <laughs> like was like getting sweaty. And I was like, why did I think this was a good idea? Like, what if they aren't into it? What if they just like, like, I just, I don't know why I just I kind of like spiraled. I think what happened too is so again, my character would get, I played a media coach who would give this sort of condescending advice to all these incredible musicians. And basically what happened was, I think we were familiar with our guest today because we had also seen her do a lot of funny stuff. So I personally right. felt so comfortable around her doing funny stuff because I knew she had such a great sense of humor because I had seen her in stuff with like, I don't know if, if that, but like I'd seen it with Tom Sharpling and, and Fred Armisen and other stuff. And so then similarly had this feeling of like, once she was there and Ted was there, I was like, Oh, we've never met them before. Like we just right, right, right. This isn't so one was, of our yeah, yeah. So there was one joke in particular that I think really made you have to leave the room. And I wonder, maybe we should introduce our guest first, and then we can get into let's do it. We can get into it a little bit. Our guest today, we're so thrilled, is she's a Grammy award-winning singer-songwriter whose incredible music includes, you know, hits from the Magnolia soundtrack as well as endless hits from more recent albums such as Charmer, which I have completely memorized, and a lot more soundtracks. Plus, you may have seen her on shows such as Portlandia because she's also extremely funny. Please welcome our friend, Amy Mann. Hello. Hello. That's a very nice intro. Really enjoying listening to your (laughs) description of what happened. (laughs) A situation which, like, I've definitely been in myself where, you know, you see somebody do a thing, you know, or on TV, and you have a feeling that you know them, and you suddenly realize, like, Yep. I don't ha- I have no I don't have a rapport with this person. Like I don't <laughs> we don't banter. That's not like a thing. <laughs> yeah, it's it's very awkward. It's so funny. I guess I just thought you were like the behind the scenes guy. Like Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean I kinda was, but I was supposed to kind of be there. I was like the co creator. Usually I stick around and I was just like can't do it. And then I feel like yeah. I kinda came back and watched a little and then it kinda by the way, you and Ted were such good sports, it was so funny. And then and I was like, okay, it was like such a relief to me because I, I don't know why, just this, I got so nervous. I did like wanted you to think I was cool and everything. And I was just, <laughs> I don't know. And I was like, yeah, it was intense for me. We understood the premise. And all, yeah. you know, and I always have, I mean, I think I'm, you know, I'm comedy adjacent because I do know a lot of, sure, a lot of comics and have been around a lot of very funny people. But I think Ted is legitimately funny and like a great comic actor because you can keep an incredible straight face. But that also sometimes is like, um, is he actually mad or right, is it? Right. Uh, yeah. You two did a big bit about Vanessa's boyfriend, Darren. I don't know if you remember that. Oh, yeah. About yeah, selling like Darren. a used car or something. And you two got just like improved it. And it was like so funny. If you're listening to this, you should go back and watch it. It's, it's so funny. With the both. Yeah. That's yeah. really funny. Well, the joke that we said that made Jonah, I think this is what you had to leave the room for. We had written this joke where I said to you and Ted, why are you called the both? Is it because the both of you are eligible for social security? Because I was sort of, it was sort of an age joke, (laughs) an ageist joke. Is it, you're both, are you both in ARP? (laughs) (laughs) ARP? Yes. Yeah. (laughs) 
And I don't know. Yeah, it was it like too really much. It really set handle. off something in Jonah, probably oh, because so you had written it, Jonah, and you were feeling. Yeah, oh. yeah. This used to happen a lot, but I, it happened particularly strongly during your episode, Amy. Was that Jonah and I would be having so much fun writing these kind of sick burns and jokes that we again done with love. Everyone we yeah. had on, we yeah. you know, and then the moment would happen, and I would be the one who would have to say them, you yeah. know. But still, oh, right? Yeah, you're holding the bag. Yeah, if anyone Jonah should be nervous, it's. Vanessa. Absolutely loses yeah. mind. <laughs> Jonah just runs out of the room, letting you, letting you take the heat. <laughs> there was another one where I showed up really late and I was like so sweaty. And it was the one we did with Nora Jones's band. And I remember her being like getting introduced to her and you're being like, is it raining out? Like I was so wet yeah. and sweaty and oh nervous. I felt like I was always like, Oh my God. Is it raining out? <laughs> oh, that's, that's bad. But yeah, I remember just being so, so nervous. Yeah. So yeah. yeah thank you for being a good sport. <laughs> you were such a good sport. It was such a funny episode. Yeah. I feel both of you. I've Amy, you've been in so much funny stuff too. I feel like both of you have such incredible senses of humor but it was just I think we were just so scared on that day of we felt like we knew you until we saw you and realized we didn't know you it's so hard to banter with anybody if you're afraid of hurting their feelings it's like you really have to be yeah you have to be 100% sure that they're like on the same page and you know I could see why it's why it would be there's definitely people I've been like oh wait a minute is this like even if they're a comic because they're not expecting that I would right you know right. kind of riff then yeah I'm always afraid of that I get really nervous around comedians like I feel like around musicians I'm very comfortable because I you know played music written about music but I feel like around comedians I I want to try not to seem like I'm trying to be funny and then yeah. I overcompensate and I just don't say anything and then yeah. I feel like that's weird and it but I get nervous because I want to prove like I'm I don't know it's it's tricky it's really tricky it's really tricky. I know. Yeah, I would tend to err on the side of not saying much myself. Yeah. I feel like you're both so funny, though. And you could... To me, it's when it's a bunch of comedians and everyone's doing so many bits, it can be a bit much. Yeah. Yes, yeah. you know? It just depends. And then also, kind of what you were saying about Ted, like, I feel like Fred Armisen is kind of like that, too, where sometimes he's joking. Jonah, I, I don't know if you... I think you were probably there, but the first time... My parents met Fred at SNL. My dad did his impression of Fred's Joy Behar for him. Oh my God. Which was, <laughs> did she used to go, so what? Who cares? Or something like that. Is that what yeah, you would say? Like Joy that. Behar? I think yeah. so. Yeah. I think he did that for Fred, and Fred doing a bit was like, no, like was like not interested. <gasps> like, <laughs> oh my God. Already I could see how hilarious it would be, but also, yeah, you so, would have to. Yeah. Oh, you have to know. So my you dad was like, know. and then I was like, dad, that's Fred. Like, he's kidding. That's how yeah, he, right. that's, he's joking. That's, I gotta, especially if you don't know people who do, co- like, I can see how it can be a real jungle out there it's because you don't know really, who's yeah. kidding and who's not. And yeah, it's tough. It's tough when you're on the outside because Vanessa, you're inside a lot of these bits and stuff, but on the outside, <laughs> right. it can be very hard to know what's going on. Well, right. Especially if it is like a real straight faced thing, like yep. Fred yes. or like Tim Heidecker, who we're all also pretty good friends with. And there's a lot of just very, you know, I mean, very, his character stuff is, really subtle like really right and it's hard you know like it's hard to know is this a thing or yeah. uh yeah it's hard to know i wanted to ask you speaking of hilarious people before this podcast i spoke to john worcester who obviously is one of the funniest people 
And the greatest. I asked if he had any questions that we might be able to discuss in this podcast. He said he heard a. Uh, uh, I can't wait, <laughs> John Worcester. Oh, I can't wait for what. Okay. Particularly. So yeah, so John Worcester said a story. He said he heard Jay Maskus say on Damien's podcast seven or eight years ago that something about you working at Newberry Comics and somebody was razzing somebody else in the hardcore scene about liking Motorhead. And you apparently said, stop you guys, Motor is cool. I mean, I don't know any Motorhead, so I can't okay. imagine I said that. Okay. I mean, it's vaguely possible. There was like a Motorhead single that people were playing in the store that I liked, but... For me, like liking Motorhead as a thing, I would I I feel like that makes me look cool. So I want to say that it's true, but I can't. Did you work at Newberry Comics? I did. Yeah. Okay. In the early days, like when they just started selling records as well as comics, and it was in a different location on Newberry Street, and they didn't even have a cash register. It was like we had rolls of dollar bills in our back pockets. Wow. <laughs> Making change. It was really rinky dink. That's incredible. Wow. That was fun, though. Well, I guess we got the answer. So, yeah, John said he's asked you about this before and you didn't remember. Yeah, I didn't remember. So I'm not sure why I thought you would all of a sudden be like, oh, yeah, I remembered I love Motorhead. (laughs) Well, I guess guess it's possible (laughs) that, uh, you know, something occurs to you. But, but, yeah, having pondered that, I'm like, you know, maybe there was a single I had heard and just forgot about. Yeah, seems possible. Or uh, Motorhead is is Lemmy. Maybe I was like, Lemmy's yep. cool. Who knows? I read Enemy all the time, and so he was in there a lot. So it, it could have been some Lemmy-oriented coolness. You know, like you, Lemmy had kind of a comedy crossover in the film Airheads. Oh, really? Yeah. They kept asking, like, who's better? I'm going to butcher this, but he has a cameo in it. Okay. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Who's better, X or, or Lemmy? They're basically, who's better, like, God or Lemmy? And then the answer was, Lemmy is God. Like, they were, like, oh, obsessed with right, Lemmy. Right. Oh, wow. Yeah. Oh, you didn't remember it, Jonah. Sort of. I think I still butchered it somehow. Is there a Motorhead song that I would know? Ace of Spades is kind of the big one. It doesn't seem like the kind of music you would really like, Vanessa, to be honest. Okay, Jonah. Just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> You're absolutely right. <laughs> so, Amy, what were, like, some other jobs you had kind of during that era other than kind of Newberry Comics? Were you working, like, at other record stores or stuff? Or what was your kind of... In Boston, the first job that was... There was a sandwich place called Au Bon Pain, And I can't remember if it was, like, a New England-only thing. Or no, we was, had those. It, I've had those. God, I used to go to Au bon Pain so much when I was at SNL. There was one in Rockefeller Center. And I would just yeah. get this flattest little... Bagel sandwiches. <laughs> yeah, the uh, roast beef and boursin. Yeah, so <laughs> I worked there, I made sandwiches, and then I didn't really like interacting with people, so I became a baker, which is terrible because it's like, you totally don't realize like how upending your sleep, you know, it's like midnight to eight in the morning. Whoa. You don't realize how upending your sleep cycle totally screws you up, so I got super, super, super depressed. And then um, the owner of Newbury Comics like saw me working there and was like, you should come work here. Wow. Yeah, which is really nice. Like that, you know, and that, that was great because like you, you know, I would hear all the imports. We played records in the store and, you know, I was just around music and other musicians all the time. How do you think the owner knew to ask you? How did that come up? I was in a band. Okay. He came there all the time. I probably also just looked like a cool punky uh-huh. I'm sure. kid who you should have working at your record store. Yeah. Yeah. I think I was in a 
band. I must have been. Yeah. Yeah, I must have already been in a band. Yeah, I did a semester at Berkeley when I was 17 at like their five-week guitar. Yeah, yeah. I would go to Newberry Comics a lot. I would go to the Middle East a lot for shows. Yeah. Hardcore shows and stuff. And then I would go to this place... Little Stevie's Pizza a lot. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we basically lived on that. Yeah, incredible, incredible. Yeah, I just went to the mall in Albany and they have like a Newberry Comics in the mall. It seems like it's like still like a very big chain. Yeah, I think they always knew how to pivot, you know, like pivoting from comic books to records and then pivoting from records to merch and then pivoting from merch to, I don't know, then I... Then I was out of Boston, so I don't know what they pivoted to. <laughs> I think it's like people go in there to buy like toys and like action figures and stuff it's or sort something. Of, Perfect. Yeah. yeah. Is it sort of like the part of Urban Outfitters? Because I was going to say the most time I spent, I visited my friend Alex Fox at Emerson once. And I remember walking around Boston and I was so excited because they had an Urban Outfitters. But anyway... This is different. But you know how Urban Outfitters has like a section where they have like... It's like vinyl. Yeah. And but then also like a like a card game that's like yeah. embarrassing stories or something. Yeah. Yeah. Like yeah. Real... It's all point of purchase stuff. Like, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like cute little gag books and the, yeah. you know, the d little devices and the, you know, yeah, cool little gifty items. Like an ice cube tray shaped like a cactus or something. Yeah. Yeah. Perfect. Which actually yeah. is such a good idea. I hope that really exists. I'm going to get one. <laughs> <laughs> I guarantee you it exists. <laughs> How could it not? Speaking of fun little gifts and gadgets, we're going to take a quick commercial break and then we've got a real fun topic to talk to you about with and such, Amy. Fantastic. Okay, we'll be right back. Hacks is back for season three, and so is the official Hacks podcast. In each episode, Hacks creators Lucia and Yellow, Paul W. Downs, and Jen Stadsky speak with cast and crew members to unpack the Emmy-winning comedy series. You'll hear Hannah Einbinder and Gene Smart speak to their on-screen dynamic, along with Hacks writer and actor Pat Regan, on how their improv experience helped them when shooting scenes and what it was like writing scripts for specific actors. You'll also hear from crew members like the costume designers on what it was like creating the world that Deborah and Ava inhabit. Hear stories from the show's writer's room, on-set antics, and more. Watch Hacks streaming exclusively on Max and listen to the official Hacks podcast on Max or wherever you get your podcasts. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President, Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. This is it. Your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. 
Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. And we're back. Now, Amy, we asked you for some topics for today, and you gave us quite an incredible topic, which we love, which is the Scholastic Book Order Catalogs. Oh my God, I love it. Um, (laughs) What were these like in your life, and why did you want to talk about them? Well, you know, I was a kid who loved to read, and... You could, it was sort of pre, you couldn't even really be into TV that much because like, what are you you watching soap operas during the day when you're, you know, like when you're eight. So I read all the time and I, you know, was just one of those kids who like liked books and wanted to buy books. But, you know, I went to the library all the time and got giant stack out. And it was really the way that I entertained myself and the way that I escaped from, you know, it was kind of multi-purpose. And the scholastic catalog, like when you, you know, would have that sort of two-page sheet passed out in school was just so exciting. Like, and I was so like always trying to persuade my parents to, you know, let me order more than one or two. Yeah. You know, and there's something about like there's something about that young adult category anyway. Yeah. Where there's so many great writers that because it's young adult, they can't rely on a lot of sensationalism, you know, so there's generally not like a lot of death and destruction and they're usually, you know, or sex and violence. And there usually is, they're usually about something like there usually is sort of a moral premise, not like that there's a moral to the story, but like there's a premise that's like very old fashioned in a way. Like I tell you, there's some really, really great stuff, but like even the goofy stuff I, you know, I loved. there was a, a series called, the Mad Scientist Club. And I was so crazy about that. You know, I would have loved to be one of these kids, but like I grew up in an era where, you know, girls couldn't be sciencey. But the premise was this group of kids who were super into like gadgets and science and, you know, ham radios and stuff like that. You know, and they get, would get up to all sorts of pranks with their cool science gadgets. Yeah. Those young adult books felt like I wrote this children's book and it was printed through Macmillan. And so Macmillan sent me all these other books and some of them were children's books and some of them were like young adult. I'm trying to think of the name of it. I got so into this young adult series of futuristic AI, like princess. You're absolutely right. There wasn't a lot of like death or sex or any of that kind of stuff that's in adult novels, but it just felt like because of that, they had to make it a really clear story and really like me. And it was still so good good. But yeah, I remember getting those catalogs and they were printed on newsprint. We were trying to look up some information about them. I think a lot of schools, you would get them once a month, like in your classroom. And then I think you would sort of like circle what you wanted and then you'd have to show your parents. And then you would, if you were allowed to actually get something, or I guess you could do it in whatever order you wanted to, you would check the box. I think you would bring it to school with like a check or something or like your... Must have been, yeah. Yeah, and then one day the teacher would come into the classroom with like a box with like stacks of books in it and you would just get like a, you know, rubber banded, like whatever books that you ordered. And it was just, 
so exciting and so you could not describe a more exciting scenario like yes. even as you're <laughs> even, even if you're saying it like the teacher comes with a box of books and distributes the books on each student's oh. desk like are you fucking kidding me <laughs> yeah, like yeah. i the, there's nothing more exciting than that it's so fun and you know yeah it's so funny too because a lot of the books that were really popular were like we could do a whole episode on this too. We're like Guinness Book of World Records. Like that was like oh, a big yeah. thing. Oh, yeah. yeah. And then we loved that. We, yeah. we loved the Guinness Book of World Records. Isn't that weird? Why, why were why we were so, we so into, into it? That? And what happened to it? And, and also, why did we need it like every year? Like how <laughs> yeah. different is it going to be in one year? Like, I will have last year's. I guess I need to buy the new one. But also, I remember like, I don't know if you remember this, Jonah, but... There was something about the richest woman in America and she and her son lived off of, I, I swear you told me this. She and her son lived off of oatmeal. And like when her son broke his leg, she didn't want to go to the hospital because she didn't want to have to pay for it. They were just extremely I don't cheap. remember that. I remember yeah. like there was a section in it that was like, we took out this section about eating because like someone was eating like bicycle tires or just like, it was like some kind of stuff and they were like, had to be really careful about like where they draw the line. Right, right, right. Yeah, encouraging this really creepy uh, stunt eating that just just killed people. I ate a live scorpion. (laughs) Great. But the other thing that was so weird was, I think you had to have like a Guinness person present for your yeah you'd have a, a rep i think you had to have a rep you had to have a rep so legit. you sort of none of it could be you spontaneous yeah you had to plan it out yeah but i remember stuff like the longest hiccups and things like that right yeah. right yeah you're not having like the hic- hiccup guy on call. that's a really good point yeah that's such a good point I don't know. I don't know how they did that kind it of stuff. It seems like maybe part of the reason it's gone by the wayside. And by the way, we should look it up. I'm sure it probably still exists. I'm sure. But it's just that it's really hard to track that stuff. I mean, I guess with the internet, it's easier actually probably now because you could have like if someone had the hiccups for several days, you could just keep like some kind of a video going of it or something online. <laughs> but um, not that I yeah, this is my hiccup TikTok. Diary. Yeah. But yeah, Guinness Book of World Records. There was also a thing that I think is feels so old school, which is books that would help with video games, like would give you like tips and tricks for like getting to the next level in a oh, video yeah. game, which now that seems so outdated because by the well, time you would get the book, like a new video game would be out. Now. Like it just feels... That's way after my time. Publishing. Like, okay. Okay. Video games, not even invented. Not e- okay. Yeah. And then also the thing that my friends and I used to order, we fell into sort of two camps. There was like the Goosebumps scary stories. And then there was the Christopher Pike scary stories. We would order those. That was like a big young adult thing where like the scary kind of young adult novels, which Jonah, I don't think you ever really were into those. And then there's a lot of scary. I think it must've been a little before my time too, because there was science fiction-y stuff like the Tripod series. I don't know if you're familiar with that but like truly amazing and then there was also a lot that was like would show you a window into another culture so i remember one about like a migrant worker kid and then one about very exotic somebody who lived in canada (laughs) whoa (laughs) wow it was like you know they on a maple syrup like maple farm (laughs) okay really exotic (laughs) 
but I mean, probably in the late sixties, early seventies, you know, that that probably was like, you know, Who kn- yeah, sure, about sure. Canada. yeah. <laughs> I got this confused initially with the Scholastic Book Fair. Did you have those also where it came to the school like once in a while? I don't think. Yeah, I, I don't. That doesn't ring a bell. Okay. Those might have come a little later, but you would have like a fair at your school where they would bring scholastic stuff and you could basically in real time be buying stuff as opposed to through the catalog. And now they're just talking about starting to merge them a little bit, but that would only be once a school year. That But you could buy other stuff. Like I would go, I feel like I would get money for books and then buy like a Ferrari Testarossa poster or something Mm -hmm. like that. (laughs) I feel like there was some of that stuff was in the... Scholastic I don't catalog, know. I don't but know. Maybe Did they not. have like school supplies and yeah. other stuff, or was it mainly just books? What do you remember, Amy? Just books. Just, just books. books. Okay. Just yeah. books. Yeah. Because, yeah, the other thing that I feel like was a real draw at the book fair, which might not have made such an impact in that newsprint catalog, was the books that I would go for in the book fair would have stickers in the front. So I could, you know, read a book, but also have stickers to put wherever. You know, on on my stickers way after my time too. <laughs> okay, okay. Yeah, we had nothing. It was book or nothing. Yeah, no, <laughs> yeah. No fun. You're not having any fun. You're not getting a calendar yeah. or anything like that, no, right? No calendar. No way. No stickers, way. My God. You said you were big into reading. Were you reading like on trips, at home, and the everywhere, weekend, yeah. everywhere, everywhere? Because that you know that was the only game in town. Yeah. And you know, my family was kind of jerky and I wanted to escape from them and you know, I had it was like, you know, Brady Bunch kind of family, stepmother with two stepbrothers and it was very chaotic and she was a mess and you know, I really just just get me out, you know, get me out of here. Yeah. 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 Yeah, and you know, kind of no other I mean, it's not like I didn't ride my bike around the neighborhood and just stuff like that too, but it was a biggest escape. Were there certain books that you still remember were really important to you or that you really loved reading? You know, those books like The Outsiders uh-huh. and, you know, I remember there was one called The Pig Man and, you know, because they did like, it was interesting. There were like a lot of issue based. Yeah. There was one about a girl who had gotten pregnant and, you know, of course they get married and have the baby and, you know. I mean, I was just like, you know, that kind of go ask Alice stuff. I'm like, serve it up. <laughs> yeah. You know, yeah. That was, that was awesome. Yeah. Some that were vaguely occulty, you know, witchcrafty. Yeah. You know, a girl would have special powers. I love that. There's definitely like some fantasy and science fiction yeah. that I was into. You know, I'm someone people know that listen to podcasts know like I read like a lot of music biographies. Like I just finished the Debbie Harry one. And then I was like literally last night looking at like the Lou Graham from Foreigner book. I was oh like, God. and I was like, like Jonah I've never, reads books uh, like autobiographies of people that like, it's so. I have no connection to, I've never no listened connection. to Foreigner in my life on purpose. And I was like, maybe Amazing. I should just read this guy's whole life story. I mean, do you read a lot of there rock biographies? There was one that you just told me about Jonah that was so obscure. But anyway, go ahead. Sorry. I just read Richard Lloyd's book, which is like really out there. It just I re, I'll just read any kind of music related memoir. Amazing. Mikhail Gillette. Yeah. Do you know? I actually just saw him that speak. That book is fucking, he's fantastic. That book yeah. is fantastic. We actually talked about maybe doing like a, a speaking tour together. Wow. Really? Yeah. Yeah. I just saw him. I live in like a college town and he came to one of the schools and gave this kind of talk kind of like based on the book and and played some music and yeah he that's that's a really that's a great book that is really great really i mean really well written yes 
And then, you know, and I don't, I don't read a lot of rock biographies and Worcester, John Worcester recommended the replacements biography. I just read that one. Wow. It's great. It's so good. He reads so much. It's so crazy. (laughs) It's so crazy. And you're sure that like everybody who participated immediately regretted it (laughs) because it's like, I don't know. It's really interesting. It's like a really interesting pathology of this band dynamic that is fueled by drugs and alcohol, but also fueled by like some kind of like punk ethos that says we can't care about anything. So we're just going to shit on it and break it. But at the same time, Westerberg has this like actual songwriting ability. So, but like where, I don't know, it's so self-destructive, but you can see that they trap each other Yeah, and can't, you know, there's no question about somebody trying to get sober or trying to tamp down the craziness or the, it's almost like they have to keep proving, proving, proving over and over to each other how little they care yes. about anything. Yes. It's like a very immature, but it's also just like a really broken attitude. I've never, you know, never heard anything. So it's it's like wild. Never yeah. Heard stories that are so crazy. Yeah. I haven't either. And I didn't know a lot, a ton about them, but yeah, just self-sabotaging at every step. And then also an era in the music industry where there's so much money. And so all this money is being yeah. dumped into them. And it's just, yeah, it's incredible. Yeah. You know, and they were also like a kind of music that, I mean, it's sort of like punky, but melodic punky. It was wildly ahead of their time. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And you could see how, like, there wasn't... I mean, there was just no place. There was no place for them. And I know the the record label machine at that point, like, it, like it was really... Reading about it, it was, like, really familiar. Like, oh, I, you know, I see what they're doing. And, and you're just like... There's no hope for these guys in that in that machine. I mean, there's no hope for them. Yeah. 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 Oh God. That was really that was a that was a rough ride. <laughs> that's an intense one. And you gotta check yeah. out the Lemmy book being a huge motorhead fan. That's that's yeah, a I'm the, the such a big motorhead fan. <laughs> the biggest man. You, be cool. Those guys are cool. You guys <laughs> Can I ask you about something else nostalgic that just came to mind that we've talked about on this podcast before, which is We've talked about how music videos used to, they used to sometimes, if they were from a soundtrack, they would put like the actors in the music video and it was so weird and it's a thing that doesn't uh, really exist anymore. Yeah. When you did music for Magnolia, were you ever filming with the actors, your video or? Yeah. Yeah. I was on set. I would, Paul would call me on set and when he had a certain scene set up and we'd do a chunk of the video. And- wow. And then, you know, then I'd come back another day. Yeah. Here's the saddest thing. Yeah. The saddest thing is that for some reason, like my contacts would bother me or something. So I was wearing glasses, but like in full makeup, I didn't want to put my glasses on because it would like make a dent, you know, like dent in the side of your nose. So I wouldn't, wouldn't put my glasses on between takes. So like I couldn't see anybody. So like I'm with these. (laughs) incredibly famous actors but like they're just bored (laughs) is that the saddest (laughs) i mean look you knew you were there with them you didn't have to see them to know (laughs) that's the worst that's really so dumb 
That's really, really funny. It's always interesting to see those videos where they where they mix them together. I don't know. It just it yeah. just feels like so nostalgic because they don't really do that anymore. To my knowledge, I could be wrong. Yeah. No, I, and in the in the eighties they would just like have clips from the movie. Yeah. And then, you know, like have you like come in playing your guitar and yeah. you know, singing a little bit of your thing trying to make it sort of look like it's part yeah. of the movie yeah that that was you know but i mean you know that's also like record company record company stuff you know the people at the record company who are in charge of the video have the worst taste right and they tell you it's going to be one thing and then you show up on set and you're like well what 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 happened to all this uh that stuff we talked about and you're like i guess i just gotta make this work yeah 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 yeah, probably don't have a ton of control over. Oh, I was so mad to see videos like that Weezer video, which is so great that had that, you know, like Happy Days. That oh, yeah, spin. yeah. Like, oh, God the- damn it. Why do they get to make this great, cool video? Well, I feel like you got everyone back slash release made a masterpiece when you released that video. I think it was for, was it for Labrador that was the... Oh my God, how great is that? Yeah, it the, is the... The one that Tom Sharp pointed. And that, yeah. was, that was his idea. He was like, I've got this idea and I don't know how we think about it. And I was like, that sounds terrible. And I'm like, is this really, you know, because there's like an, a measure of, you know, too soon. Not or like, You know, like it has to hit the right, like, well, people know what it is. And he's like, trust me. And I, you know, and I think he's one of the funniest people around. So I absolutely trusted his, uh, you know, and of course, also John Worcester. You know, it's once again. so funny. Just for our listeners who don't know what we're talking about. So Amy did this music video for Labrador that Tom Sharpling, I guess, played by John Hamm, directed. Doesn't John <laughs> Ham comes on and says, I'm Tom Sharpling at the beginning. That's and then, right. oh my God, I forgot then, about that part. And That's then, right. And then it, and it's basically a shot for shot, the same as the voices shot for shot remake of Voices, voices Carry yeah. by Amy's previous band, Till Tuesday. So it's the same thing. But then instead of the guy who played sort of your love interest in the Till Tuesday video, that character is played by John Worcester. And it's I Jonah. I think you must have sent it to me. It's one of the funniest things ever. And there's if you so, yeah yeah, there's something about just seeing John's face that just makes me laugh so hard. Just the expressions Immediate. he makes when he's being yeah. dramatic. It's just he's. I just can't explain. It's just so incredible. Yeah, obviously he does a lot of voices, but like when he's just doing his like John Worcester voice <laughs> as that character, it's, it's like, so funny. It's so yeah. funny it's to like, hear. Hi. It's got this like breathless sort of innocence. Like, <laughs> yeah. What? Yeah. He's, He's so like, hilarious. what does he say? He goes like, what did you do with your hair? Or like, what did, why'd you get an ear? Or something he says to you. It's just like, he's not trying to sound like the guy in the Till Tuesday. He's like, he's doing it just full John Worcester voice. And oh my God, it is so funny. I feel like that was the ultimate, you know, taking back your power from those big. That, yeah, that was my pinnacle of comedy adjacency, <laughs> I feel. We never, such heights we will never attain again. I don't know. <laughs> well, I don't know if that's well, true. We'll get John Worcester to take You'll his shirt John off Worcester, another time. Yeah. <laughs> but that was really, really so funny. I'm glad we talked about it. Jonah and I have spent a long time watching it and talking about it, and I've shown it to so many people. So, so funny. Yeah. Well, I guess we're going to take another quick commercial break. That's right. I said commercial. 
and like we'll be, thank you. <laughs> and we'll be right back with Amy Mann. Hacks is back for season three, and so is the official Hacks podcast. In each episode, Hacks creators Lucia and Yellow, Paul W. Downs, and Jen Stadsky speak with cast and crew members to unpack the Emmy-winning comedy series. You'll hear Hannah Einbinder and Gene Smart speak to their on-screen dynamic, along with Hacks writer and actor Pat Regan, on how their improv experience helped them when shooting scenes and what it was like writing scripts for specific actors. You'll also hear from crew members like the costume designers on what it was like creating the world that Deborah and Ava inhabit. Hear stories from the show's writer's room, on-set antics, and more. Watch Hacks streaming exclusively on Max and listen to the official Hacks podcast on Max or wherever you get your podcasts. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. This is it. Your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do, too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Okay, and we're back. Now, Amy, how would you like to play an absolutely fun game with us? I mean, you're selling it. It's a fun game. (laughs) I'm going to say sure, but... Okay. You know, the problem with games is like under any tiny bit of pressure, my brain tends to just blank. Okay. This is actually more of a like segment where we just like make fun of people who don't know how to use change.org so it's it'll wash over you like a okay, you know good. it'll just be very easy as i was saying this segment is called change.dork <laughs> change.dork and basically it's us making fun of people who don't know how to use change.org because as you might imagine change.org was in, initially created for like social justice and for people to make these petitions online to create real change and a lot of people you know, use them to, uh, you know, bring back snacks or other kind of like smaller issues that they want to just petition. So basically, we're going to read to you three different petitions that we found on change.org. 
And at the end of this game, we all have to pick like which one we would sign if we had to sign it. Okay. Okay. Sounds good. So Jonah, do you want to do this first one or shall I? I can kick us off. Okay, great. This one is called Bring Back the Extra Dessert Delights Gum. I truly believe that we all agree that 2020 was a horrible year altogether. One of the many things that make 2020 a horrible year was that we went yet another year without the delicious extra dessert delights. This petition is to finally get back what we deserve after such a disaster of the year. We don't just want the boring mint chocolate chip ice cream. We want all the good flavors back, such as key lime pie, lemon squares, apple pie, raspberry vanilla cupcake, strawberry shortcake, to name a few. If you would like to go even further than to sign my petition, you can go to the Contact Us source on the Mars Wrigley website and give Mars Wrigley the flavors you want the most. This is extra gum. They have these dessert flavors. 430 people have signed this petition towards Wrigley. They're trying to get to 500. Amy, have you ever tried any of this dessert-flavored gum from Extra? No, and I have a beef with this whole thing already. Like, first, My first beef is don't try to piggyback onto the pandemic right out of the gate to get me to have feelings about your product, which I've never heard of. Sure. And... (laughs) Also, like at the end, doesn't it kind of sound like it's just written by the manufacturers? <laughs> like it's got a, it's yeah. got a little like stop listing the delicious flavors. Like that seems like it, it now it's an ad. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Yeah, those flavors also also gross as gum. It's gum. Yeah, yeah. I don't, don't I don't want a strawberry shortcake gum. Yeah, I think that's fair. I think it's and uh, and they're sugar free too. So I mean, I guess good from a health perspective, but I don't know well, from I'll a dessert what, perspective. That's tough. I'll tell you what. I can be a sucker for this kind of a thing because I'll be like, oh, dessert gum. That's such a good idea. Never lives up to your expectations. I promise you the lemon squares gum does not taste like a lemon square. The other thing that I do with gum a lot is the flavor runs out so quickly. I generally don't buy gum because I'll just keep adding pieces to keep the flavor going. And when it's sugar-free like that, you know what that means? It means that they have like this diet fake sugar in there. Right. And that's going to be hard. I'll just say this. That's going to be hard on anyone's GI tract. (laughs) So you are chewing a giant softball-sized gum wad, and it's giving you diarrhea is what I got from that. I think so. (laughs) Now, I remember, (laughs) Jonah, have I brought this up to you, Jonah? I think we've talked about it once. The first time I ever used... (laughs) I ever heard someone use this phrase was we were at dinner at our grandma's house once and our uncle Richard said that diet ice cream goes right through him. And I was like, what does that mean? And then (laughs) (laughs) that's the first time I ever heard anyone use that phrase. And I remember being like, what? And then it like all, anyway, I guess what I'm saying is to quote our uncle, extra dessert delights, unless you're real careful, that's going to, and only have one piece probably going to go right through you anyway. (laughs) <laughs> this reminds me of when you go to the dentist when you're a kid and they have those fluoride treatments yes. you could do. And then they're like, what flavor do you want? Bubble gum, Rocky Road, all these things. And you pick this flavor that sounds really good. And then it just tastes like disgusting fluoride, no matter what you pick. Jonah, that's such a visceral memory. When Yeah, I remember like as the years would progress, they'd be like, we have more than just bubble gum and chocolate. Now, yeah, you're right. We have Rocky Road. We have Ew. mint chocolate chip. Chocolate. We have, and yeah, Ew. just really... Really, really not, yeah, not where you want to get your dessert. Tastes from. like you still kind of like licked your toothbrush or so. It's yeah. just not, yeah. Gum and fluoride, not, not the, not, not the. Don't even try. 
Okay. Some things don't, some things don't try. I agree. Vanessa, do you want to get into this next edition? Okay, we'll yes. see how this one lands. Okay. <laughs> okay. Release Desperate Housewives soundtrack. Desperate <laughs> Housewives is an American comedy, drama, and mystery television series. Thanks to this person for describing it so well. Created by Mark Cherry and produced by ABC Studios and Cherry Productions. It originally aired for eight seasons on ABC from October 3rd, 2004 until May 13th, 2012 for a total of 180 episodes. This person's really got the history down. I won't read the whole thing, but throughout the airing of the series, among the many other things that impressed the audience, there was one that stood out in particular. Its soundtrack, composed by Danny Elfman, Steve Bartek, Stuart Copeland, and Steve Jablonski. It is now almost 20 years since the first episode, and for no apparent reason, the music was never, this is in italics, the music was never released in any form other than through the episodes themselves. Desperate Housewives moved millions of people and brought the public's perhaps one of the best soundtracks composed for a TV series ever. Why leave it at the bottom of some drawer or hard drive? There are people who would pay to hear that music and relive the emotions of the series. It's still not too late to release it, even if just on streaming services. To date, the complete original tracks have never even been leaked onto the web. I guess I did read the whole thing. All right. So many comments. Yeah, Amy, please. Just let's get into it. At this point in the game, I realized that like change.org peripherally aware of when it first happened. And then I guess I'm really shocked that this is what it's this is what it's come to. Yep. That seems ripped from Wikipedia. <laughs> Having said that, yep. like a soundtrack by Danny Elfman. And who else like that actually sounded Stuart Copeland? Stuart Copeland Steve like, Bartek. Yeah. That kind of sounds like maybe it should be. Yeah. Maybe somebody should release it to the public. I'm thinking maybe Danny Elfman and Sir Copeland don't want this release because they're embarrassed about you it. You think it's their B work? May I think it's maybe their kind of like sellout move a little bit. Like, all right, we'll do this TV series. And then it's like, let's just kind of forget that happened. Yeah, maybe that's it. Can I ask something? How would you even, a, a show that has 180 episodes... When this person says they want the soundtrack released, <laughs> I assume they mean they want like some kind of compilation of every song that's ever been on the well, 180 also, episodes. And then like, is it songs? Did they write songs? Or are they talking about score? Because Danny Elfman's not really, right. I mean, he was in Oingo Boingo, but is he writing songs for this? Right. This is yeah. a real housewives thing. Like n- none of it computes. Yeah. Like how yeah. would you compute? Compile. This is Desperate Housewives. Desperate. Oh, Desperate Housewives. Okay. But still. But still. Still. Very weird. Yeah. It must be score. I don't. Or maybe there's some. I don't know. The maybe songs. songs I mean, that were written. I feel like I need this person to be clearer about what they're asking for. And yeah. if they're asking for like just the songs that were picked or if they're talking about the original score. Exactly. And then also, you know, the tough thing about a soundtrack from a TV series is that it's not like a movie where you can like basically get everything onto one album. This is yeah. this is 180 episodes. This is a this is a lot of songs. It's a lot. And this person might not have their faves on the soundtrack, you know? Yeah, there's a lot of unanswered questions. Yeah, because they said, to date, the complete original tracks have never even been leaked. So I guess they are talking about the score. Oh, well, they can't be talking about score. Like, he, you know, does he really want a recording of like, ching, 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 you know, like, so, so, <laughs> I, know, so, I was like, just going to say, Danielle, someone like, walking over to yeah. their like ding, ding, window ding, ding, and ding, looking ding, at ding, and peering ding, out. Ding, 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 <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's exactly. <laughs> yeah. That's exactly. 
That's honestly so accurate to what the Desperate Housewives. <laughs> it was like that kind of like mystery a little bit, but also whimsical fun of like bling bling bling. bling, bling. Yeah. So <laughs> so then there must have been original songs written for it, but that also seems weird. You know, the songs have never been leaked, but if this person likes it so much, they could just put on an episode of the show and yeah. listen to the music. Yeah. yeah. I need so much more information. Yeah. I know. Yeah. That's, that's the a problem other with thing. Some of these. Yeah. That's really hard. The other honest to goodness problem with these is that, you know, this person made it out to all of the people that we were just talking about and ABC, but you don't really, unless they were actively searching for themselves on change.org, wouldn't know that this petition had been made out to them. Yeah. So that's... Yeah, it's not it's not going to get to the right people. And then it's like... The, it's not going to get to the, the right people. The studio owns it and they don't, you know, what it's like... I mean, sometimes also just, I don't know, like we're trying to do reissues of you know like vinyl releases of older records and i'm and i'm telling you like i have no fucking idea where the tapes are like yeah sure. like you know because you make a right here like we're done and then it's on like a format that then three years later is obsolete and there's a hard drive and i'm like i don't know it might be in the storage space but what does it look like is it labeled like i don't it sure did did i have it or did the engineer like who engineered that session wait a minute who mastered it i can't remember and you just can't, you can't remember, you know, or like the yeah. tapes are rotted through or, you know, it's, it's surprisingly difficult to keep track of that stuff. Yes. Yeah, I agree. So logistically, this is just a mess and not going to happen. Not going to happen. All right. Let's move on to our last one. Danny um, Elfman probably doesn't even remember. He's like, what? There was, <laughs> yeah. I did. He's like, I, I don't know. Yeah. What? Yeah. 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 Danny Elfman probably remembers when he gets his check like once a year and then that's it. That's yeah. It. Okay. Yeah. This last one is called Amy. I, I, <laughs> this is another one that's not exactly going to be something you feel strongly about, but let's see. Bring back Snapple elements. And this is like Snapple, the one's earth, one's rain, one's sun, one's fire. Um, oh when I was a kid, Snapple elements were one of the most badass drinks on the market. <laughs> the bottles were cool. The flavors were fresh, crisp, and refreshing. Anyone who experienced these drinks typically fell in love with them. Later in production, the glass bottles were changed to metal, and some of the appeal was lost in translation. Unfortunately, Snapple, for some odd reason, took these wonderful drinks from us and left those who love them out in the cold. I want as many people to sign this petition as possible to let Keurig and Dr. Pepper, the company that owns Snapple, know these drinks are far from forgotten. There's still many of us who still yearn for those cold, refreshing flavors we remember so many years ago, blah, blah, blah. So yeah, this person has over a 1,000 signatures on this, to bring back Snapple Elements. Wow. And they also have a TikTok channel at Snapple Elements that they put up two years ago, I guess, to just get the message out there to, to TikTok. Uh, uh, Amy, have you ever had a Snapple Element drink? No. Back on, on the road? I, no? I mean, okay. I you know, Snapple <laughs> in a glass bottle, yes. But, sure, but sure. I don't, the Elements don't, they were specific flavors? The elements were flavored. Yeah, so it's like it looks like the the rain one is clear, the sun is yellow. I guess there, I don't. I it's hard for me to see the exact. It looks like the rain says agave cactus Ew. flavor. Oh fuck that! That's gross. <laughs> okay, thumbs down on that flavor. So yeah, now I need to that know. That one's probably pretty bad. With the sun flavor, it's it's so hard to read these. So labels. hard to right. read it's what in the this flavors font that's are. Almost like uh, almost you can't read it. Maybe it was like a regional marketing test. And it's possible. This kid jumped on it, was super into it, and they were like, oh, yeah, the way we wanted it to. 
thumbs down. I totally miss these. I don't remember. Sun has a star fruit. Yeah, because they're in weird it. flavors. They didn't go over. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Nobody, I yeah. think that Nobody fire wanted. might have drag dragon fruit. I don't know. And then or yeah, maybe dragon fruit. And Earth has dirt. 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 <laughs> <laughs> dirt fruit. <laughs> You're never on tour, like you pull into a rest stop and you're like, um, I guess I'll just get a Snapple Elements, you know, on the way to the next gig. Never seen it. Never seen it. I mean, okay. unless I mistook like a yellow for a lemonade. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I don't know, that, se- that seems unlikely. Now, uh, those are weird tastes. I think they marketed it briefly and it didn't sell and they're not bringing it back. Not signing this petition. Well, look, okay. it's hopeless. I think none of us. I mean, Joan, I don't know if you feel strongly. I don't feel strong. I mean, I, I I don't feel strongly about this, but I don't. I don't think it needs to come back for sure. But but this is actually going to be a really hard decision. Which one of these petitions to this sign? This is going to be hard because we have to pick one. And Amy, just to recap, it's extra dessert, delights gum releasing the Desperate Housewives soundtrack and bringing back Snapple elements. You don't really have to sign any of them, but you have to hypothetically pick one. I think a consideration too is which would be more likely to go through. Right. Sure. Right. You know, right. If I don't personally care about one, maybe the Snapple, maybe I signed the Snapple because this kid is closer to his dream. He's got, yeah. sure. he's got the, uh, I don't know why I think it's a guy. He's got his, oh, it uh, is Jacob. Yeah. He's got his TikTok. So his marketing campaign is pretty solid. Yeah. You know, I personally think the second one is more worthwhile, but like there's a lot, there's a lot of research. He doesn't have his ducks in a row. He needs to yeah, do some more yeah. research, come back with like a more cogent plan. I agree. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to go Snapple guy, you know, chase after your dream. Yeah. Snapple, you know, enjoy your ugly fruit soda. <laughs> yeah. Okay. <laughs> Vanessa, what about <laughs> you? Fruit. I'm between Snapple and gum because I am curious about this gum, although... Don't do it, man. Vanessa, please. Vanessa, don't do it, man. Don't do I'm it. telling you. Don't you're do gonna it. You're going to regret it. It's going to go right through you. Don't do it. Don't okay. do it. Thank you for quoting our uncle. Okay, I guess I'll go with Snapple just in the sense that it's not going to F with my GI tract the way that uh, the gum might and the way that, honestly, the anxiety from getting this Desperate Housewives soundtrack together and figuring out what this person means might. So best for, uh, you know, best for my colon seems like it's... Yeah. So I've gone I'm, too far. I'm, Jonah, what I'm, do you think? I'm going the same as you two. As much as I'd like to see, like, Rhino reissue the Desperate Housewives soundtrack on, like, 12 vinyl, I'm going to go with this Elements. I mean, I don't think I would ever drink it. It does sound disgusting but you know elements are are cool i, I don't know yeah and Jonah, I'm, I'm, you're, lesser, you're traditionally yeah. a snapple fan you've got a history of liking peach snapple yeah i mean i probably haven't had one in 15 years but i did like the peach and raspberry snapples growing up for sure so this is at least tangentially something i was into at one point in my good life good enough reason yeah. thank you amy <laughs> so it sounds like of all of these the one that kind of wins our vote is unanimously is Snapple, Snapple, which is pretty huge for this person who calls Snapple elements one of the most badass drinks on the market. Never <laughs> thought I'd support someone who talks like that. but <laughs> I mean, he talks about it like it's four loco. Yeah. Yes, he does. <laughs> I mean, that was a badass drink. That was. By the yeah. way, there's a new four loco <gasps> and it's called Celsius. What? No. This is, Have you tried Celsius? No, but I did. I tried four loco because... You know Jason Warner? Yeah, yes, he, I know. He's a director. Yeah, he had a, a four loco party, like as they were about to 
ban it, he bought it. He bought a case and we we're like, we're having a party. And so me and my husband very uncharacteristically went over and, you know, very curious and drank, you know, a can. It's like kind of a big can. And, you know, halfway through the can, you're like, I don't feel anything. And then you realize that you're like screaming and like, you know, it's suddenly it's one in the morning. I don't feel anything. I feel completely. Yeah. Because <laughs> it just masks the, the fact that you're drunk. And it, I think it like contains the alcohol of, you know, four beers or something in one can. So okay, okay. you're drunk, but because it's, you know, got kind of a speedy element, it just, it cancels it out. But you are drunk, but you don't feel drunk. You just okay. are drunk. Yeah. It's very, it's very weird. Yeah, it's very weird. That sounds like an amazing experience. I misunderstood what it was because I thought Four Loco was more like Red Bull, which is what Celsius is. But Celsius is now starting to get banned in certain states because it has all of this, like it doesn't have caffeine, but it, it like really hypes you up in a way that yeah. people will take it like before they work out and then have these like crazy workouts and then I guess have like a heart attack. Yeah, and a heart attack. So. Yeah. At, at the age of 24, then a heart attack. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so, yeah. but Four Loco is like a mix of that stuff. It's a malt liquor, which is a harder beer. But I don't know. It's got, it was sort of the equivalent of like three or four beers because the yeah. can was kind of big. The taste is really like, Michael goes, it tastes like it's hiding something, which is, <laughs> <laughs> which is yeah. exactly, it tastes like Theraflu, actually. Because, at some point during the night, Michael decided to heat one up and see what it tasted like warm. And that, that could give you a, a window into Sense the effects. Into what it was going on. The, effect, the effects of Four Loco. Our friend John Stewart built this beautiful long table and had a house party many years ago. And someone spilled a Four Loco on it and it sat overnight. <gasps> and it actually ate through like three layers of wood. I mean, it ate through wow. the table. It was like almost like some acid. It was so wild. And after I saw that, I was wow. like, I can never drink can never this. Drink this, this. Is what, what does it do to my stomach? Because wow. it literally just ate right through the finish. I mean, Vanessa knows what it'll do to your stomach. <laughs> oh, I know. And it'll go right, it'll go right, th right through. That one will absolutely <laughs> speed through. <laughs> oh my God. Between Four loco and this extra dessert delight scum, I, you know, I'm... I'd be crabbing till next Tuesday. Okay, to bring this full circle. Okay. I'm sorry, Amy. Oh, I'm so God. sorry. Wow. <laughs> well, that was really fun, Vanessa. That was so fun. We Amy, where, where where can people find you who want to learn more about what you're up to, what you're doing, and all that kind of stuff? What do and I have to promote? I am playing some shows this summer. I, you know, web, my website, amyman.com. A-I-M-E-E-M-A-N. Yes. Okay, great. Well, be sure to check Amy out. She's obviously very fun live in person, as you can see from kind of this podcast we did. It's so going to be all guys. serious, serious on stage, grim, grim looks. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I'm going to yell at, yell at people for shouting out stuff. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, well, I'll be at every single show then. <laughs> 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 That was so much fun. Thank you to Amy for joining us and to everyone for listening. If you enjoyed this, please subscribe to the podcast and keep an eye out for next week's episode of How Did We Get Weird, where we will discuss more stories from our childhood and cultural touchstones like scholastic book order catalogs. What a delight. The best. Thank you, guys. Great to see you.
I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. We are the voice of NASCAR. The green flag is in the air, and we are underway. The great American. Race. The Motor Racing Network. NASCAR Cup, Xfinity, and Craftsman Truck Series Racing. Live on your hometown radio station and MRN or NASCAR.com. Martinsville, Talladega, the Chicago Street Course. We have the side-by-side action and last lap passes for the win. Photo finishes. Ryan Blaney will win. The voice of NASCAR, the Motor Racing Network.